0: Wellington heads into week two of tougher water restrictions today as the threat of even tougher cutbacks looms before the end of the summer. The capital's water system run by Wellington Water, which says use across the city is at an all-time high thanks to leaks and high demand. And it's set to get worse as more people return to post-anniversary day work. The summer began with a letter from Greater Wellington Regional Council to four city councils warning that water resource consent limits may have to be breached. It asked councils to lay out what they intended to do to consult over the introduction of water meters and said it might look to impose surcharges in future if councils need more water than they're allocated. In other words, it did a bit of heavying. Uh, the regional council's uh, Darren Ponta is with us. He's chair. Good morning. morning. Before we uh, talk to Wellington Water, can you explain the dual role that the Regional Council has? It's a co-owner of Wellington Water and it's a regulator.
1: Yes, it's an invidious uh, position to be in. So more than 10 years ago we joined uh, Wellington Water, which was already formed as an organisation, and we brought the bulk water supply to the party, if you like. We had always had the job of... Uh, gathering, storing and processing water for the four cities and we continue to have that role but we also uh, have the role of regulator under the Resource Management Act what it means in very simple terms is that we apply to ourselves for the resource consent to take water and take water from the aquifer it's not a position that we enjoy, and it's a position that we were looking to exit as part of Three Waters.
0: But now you're in the thick of it.
1: Okay. Our, yes.
0: Tonya Haskell, let's bring her in. Um, we've spoken to her previously. She's the Chief Executive of Wellington Water. Welcome back. Thanks, Tonya. Morning,
1: Catherine.
0: Uh, forgive me for pushing. Yes. Uh, Sorry to talk over you. Uh, Forgive me for pushing through, but there's a lot to get through, so I'm not being rude. I just want to get through it. What are the latest projections about the level of restrictions people will face and when, please, Tonya?
2: Well, our latest update um, this week is that we've moved to Level 2 as over the weekend. Unfortunately, we saw one of our peak days on the weekend we used 190 million litres a day on um, that nice warm Sunday we had. So that does show you how our demand is going up this summer. Um, However, as we move through... uh, storage in our lakes is still looking good and the health of our aquifer and our rivers are still good, so there's a chance we'll move to Level 3 later in the summer but it has dropped somewhat, So about a 60% chance.
0: You also mentioned NIWA's weather forecast, so I haven't seen much rain about. What, what difference is updated long-range um, forecasts making to these numbers? Well,
2: the, um, the NIWA um forecast for El Nino is, is an impact and we factor that into our modelling um, but the, you will know yourself, this summer's been quite erratic in the, the rain we've had and the weather and it's not been particularly predictable so we are still at risk if there's a dry, hot period with our famous Wellington winds that um, we, can, yeah. we can lose that buffer in our water supply But these much.
0: four mils here, you know, five mils here, rainfalls, are they making a difference or, or at all? What they do do
2: is make a difference to our consumers' use. So you and I will water the garden less if it has a nice drop of rain.
0: That's, that's, okay.
2: so it does make a difference. That
0: 190 mils a day is important because you have trigger points for moving to restrictions. Can you explain what the demand does to your decision making? So what we run
2: off is how much of a buffer is there between the amount we can supply and the amount that's being used. And um, and. As we move into you know, into getting hotter and drier and we use them more, um, the amount that we can draw from our sources and the amount that people use gets closer together. So it's how much is that buffer? At the moment, it's around 15%. If it gets below 10 then that's when we start looking at whether we kind of increase our water restrictions so that
0: we can manage that demand. Can I talk about another constraint? We'll talk about the whack-a-mole you're playing with the lakes in a moment. But another constraint is the um, treat, water treatment plants. There are four in the in the region. I think three main ones providing um, the potable water. Do they also have a constraint on how much they can treat in a day? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And one
2: of the projects we're working on is at our main treatment plant at Timaru, and we are um, putting in place additional capacity um, and. But that will only kick in for summer 2024, 20,
0: OK, but could that be an impact also on the demand side, given it's hot and muggy, really hot and muggy uh, for, for the capital, and that's, you know, driving demand? Um, could that lack of capacity or maximum capacity be a, a factor in decision-making as well?
2: Yes, it's one of the many constraints that our modelling has to factor in when we do that. You're exactly right.
0: And so then the restrictions will be about dropping demand, uh, not necessarily even because of reservoir levels, but because it can't process enough. Okay, let's come back to some of the recent manoeuvrings. When did Wellington Water approach the National Water Regulator, Taimata Arohai, over declaring a water emergency? It could use its powers under the Water Services Act. What was the approach? What was asked?
2: So, um with the With the new regulator, they have a dual role, um, and that's that's coming into effect you 'll see over this summer. The first is that they focused on was having safe drinking water that 's not such a problem for our region. The second role they have is around making sure everybody has enough water for their people so it 's that side of their relationship with us that we were uh, having discussions with them. so we raised before Christmas around the end of November in conjunction with our councils to say what is the ask them what is the role of Toma arowai if we have this water shortage um what will you be able to do what powers do you have that will let, be able to help us in the
0: bluntly system? are you trying to find out whether wellington water could draw more water from the Hutt river and the emergency would give you cover for that
2: yes and the conversation we've been having is with W and with Te Mata because of course the Te Awa the Hutt River, is really important for the Valley. It's also important that it's healthy. So we wanted to make sure that we'll only draw additional water if that is,
0: that is yeah, allowed. But you were regulated. sounding it. You were sounding it out. Did its head of regulatory yes. say? that it was concerned other options to reduce the risk of running out of water may have been, quote, dismissed too readily or that other reasonable available options had not been sufficiently canvassed. Was that put to you?
2: Uh, so that is the role of the regulator, and both Dub and Taumara Otherwise have asked that of us that in our councils, and that's the right question to ask. How have you answered it? Um, well, we, we've, been, we've been saying that we've been working with councils to... A, to use as much of their funding as possible to fix the leaks in the system. And we know that that, that is not going to be enough this
0: summer. Is the figure of 55% of potable water being lost through the network still accurate? Drinking water, it's that is. Drinkable water. 45%. Okay. I'm not sure done. where that figure's come from. It was in a, a letter in the midst of my research. 45%. Okay. Yep, Which is still, uh, which is still far too much, isn't it? <sighs> The whack-a-mole, however, and as I understand it, as soon as you fix a leak, the pressure at the next weak point will go off. Are you making ground on fixing the leaks, or are you simply moving around where the leaks are? So it's a
2: multifaceted answer to that question. We have to go and fix the leaks because that is the immediate, immediate answer, but we're also working with councils in their long-term plan about their renewals program of work, and that is taking out that old asbestos cement pipe or taking out that Victorian cast iron pipe and replacing it with a new pipe, and that's the thing that's going to make the difference yeah. long term It is in the future,
0: but right now yeah. as Wellingtonians are probably starting to stock up on um, <laughs> what are those things you water plants with that have got a spout on them I thought about bringing oh, one back to Nelson I mean, right. we're joking about it we hope it doesn't happen, but that's a possibility Right now is fixing the leaks actually doing anything to stop the risk of um, the risk of the higher levels of restrictions, or is it simply all being moved around?
2: Look, it, it is every bit helps, and um, some of the leaks we're getting are, are quite large. Um, I just walked past one coming out of a Toby
0: last night and sent it into our call centre. When you're losing litres per second, every bit of that helps. Can we just? digress for a moment. Houghton Bay the latest to be reporting. A resident has been reporting for weeks about a large volume leak, described it as actually a kind of a river coming through their property after some work had been done by Wellington Water and now they've got a dirty great big slide in a hillside neighbourhood. This is not the only incidence where where a landslide has been blamed on um, a Wellington Water leak rather than a private leak. How does that go days and weeks without being addressed?
2: Well, uh, you know, that, that is um, a really good question and we are investigating that particular issue with Houghton Bay. We're, we're letting the people get on and fix the work at the moment and then we'll go back and look and see what's actually gone wrong. But we don't, you know, and I'm, hands up, we don't always get it right. Um, we do rely on our consumers and our customers to report these things in and the residents of Houghton Bay have done a great job of that. It's It's how then we have to go back into our systems and our processes and our people and see how we have been prioritising, and was that given the right amount of attention at the right time? So, hands up, don't know the answer to that one, Catherine, but we're going to look into it. We're always looking to get those things better, because it is a -a whack-a-mole, but we want to hit the right mole, and we want to hit the biggest one.
0: So right now you can't say what caused that leak. You haven't been briefed on um, the situation surrounding that leak
2: No, I'm sorry, I haven't. I've been kept up to date with how we're responding to it and how it's been fixed, but I don't know the cause of it as yet.
0: And right now, has the leak itself been fixed, but of course there's this issue of of the landslide, and whose responsibility is that?
2: I'm not sure. Like I say, we'll investigate, and we'll work with the residents and the council and see what the answer is.
0: Wellington Water sought £10 from Wellington City Council late last year for fixing leaks. It was given £2 What were the reasons given to you for giving you only a fifth of what you asked, asked for? Um, you'll
2: need to talk to Wellington City about that. But one of the things that is, troubles councils is how much they can afford and how much of their rates bill can they pass to, to Wellington Water. So they do have to make hard decisions. They're, they're, they did talk about whether we're able to deliver the $10 million, and the answer to that is yes.
0: We we can and
2: we could and that answer is public as well. So so actually, that was put as a
0: reason to you that it did not have confidence. You could use that ten million to fix leaks. uh, you, You couldn't do that much work. Was that what was said to you? Yes. And what was it based on? What evidence?
2: I'm not sure.
0: And can you, or could you, provide evidence that actually you could do $10 million worth of leak repairs?
2: Yes, because we had done it the year before, so it was a drop in level of service from one year to the next. The year before, we had used government stimulus funding to apply to Wellington City to fix more leaks on their behalf. So with the reduction in the amount from what we'd asked for, we were actually able to do less this year. So there is a reduction in level of service, and we are able to deliver it you can look at um, other delivery programs across the region and we are doing you know for example an example is Hutt city and we're doing a great deal more leakage fixing there and renewing more pipe than
0: that, in that
2: what is so your we can deliver
0: we've got a great supply chain that's really and wanting enable and what's your view on the necessity for water meters
2: um so as a water provider um, we are definitely For applying water meters, it enables us to manage the network on behalf of councils. It enables us um, to be able to get in and see what people are using. It also enables consumers, if there's a leak on our side of the fence, that I can go and get that. Yeah, But this is what's uh, confusing people at the
0: moment, because given Wellington Water can't keep up with all the reports of water leaks, including, I've been reading the past week, some that date back years, what would the water meters add now? And wouldn't that $300 million they cost to install be better spent on fixing the system.
2: Well it all needs to happen. We are well behind the rest of the country in not having meters to enable consumers to see how much water they're using. And it also enables them and us as a ratepayer to value the water that we get. At the moment we don't we don't see it that way, we just see it as something that pours out of the tap. It would be really good if we could understand how much I'm using as a as a homeowner be able to look into the network and see how much has been used. And then it's up to councils to decide if they want to charge for that. But it's been shown, you can change behaviour simply by having that measurement tool in the system.
0: With the f- former government's Three Waters Upgrade Plan and its funding source now history, what planning can you do, and I'll talk to the regional council at the moment, for the billions and billions of dollars that needs to be spent on upgrades? Like, like what... When you sit down at the desk and look further out, what can you do right now?
2: Well, we've actually, that's well underway, Catherine. When we did the long-term planning processes with each of our councils, we gave them a range of investment. At the top was the billion dollars we've always talked about. If there was no constraint on resources or funding, we could spend amongst each, divided up by each council in the region, a billion dollars every year on all of the Three Waters Networks. We then broke that down into what is deliverable, and we reckon that's $7.6 billion over 10 years, and then councils have to make a choice above a minimum spend, what is affordable to them. So that works underway. It's out there sitting with each of the councils in their long-term plan.
0: Just finally, Tonya. Uh, This is a big week with people coming back from summer holidays and from Wellington anniversary weekend trips away, potentially. What is the next critical day for decision-making about moving to the next level of restrictions? So our drought management
2: team meet every week. They're meeting
0: today, um, and we'll give
2: um, the region an update following that. So we do that weekly.
0: Well, how nervous should we be sitting here this morning? (laughs) Oh, I
2: uh, I think at this point... We're looking good in level two. We're seeing the response from consumers, which is a big thank you from me. Um, we are getting out and about and fixing the big leaks. Um, we do have good water in the catchments and the lakes are full. So at the moment,
0: this week, not so nervous. Thank you, Tonya Haskell, who's Chief Executive of Wellington Water. Darren Pont has been waiting patiently. Have councils heeded... This is the uh, city... all city councils, aren't they? Um, heeded the Greater Wellington Regional Council's warning regarding exceeding resource consent. So this is you as chairman, this is you with your regulator hat on. Have they heeded the warning?
1: Um, I don't know if they've heeded uh, the warning. I think they've heard us talking with our regulatory hat on, perhaps for the first time in a long time, actually saying you take... Uh, Water from the regional council, you don't have any sense necessarily of where that comes from. Um, We're now telling you that there are implications from you oversubscribing and. Um, we need you to, to sort of pay attention to that.
0: What's the significance of Wellington Water going to the National Regulator and checking out whether it might use its powers to, to bring in an emergency? Would that then overrule any decisions you make about excess take?
1: Correct. Um, so the um, the legislation that Te, Ara, uh, Te, Ara, Te Aramata Arowai works under uh, overrides the RMA in this particular instance, so there wouldn't be no application through the Resource Management uh, Act process at all.
0: And so this thing you've talked about for the future it would take legislative change i think to enact penalties or surcharges for breaches it's kind of a
1: no. Ironically, it doesn't take legislative change. It's in the Wellington Water Board Act, 1972. Can you apply it
0: now, though, would you have to go off and consult? And
1: well, z- we, there's a process. So there is a. There's always a process, Catherine. <laughs> uh, and yes, uh, we would be required to consult with the uh, territorial authorities about whether take...
0: they wanted surcharges yes, imposed yes. on them. And I mean, of this, is just, this uh, is
1: just. Yes, and, and there's a ridiculousness to this. So it's too, kind of, of a red herring, isn't uh, it's, uh, it? It's it. Maybe um, the first thing is that it's never—it's a provision that's never been used. So we are getting legal advice on just exactly what the law actually says and what our where we stand in terms what of. What do you expect
0: it. them to do? And what did the the national regulator imply when it talked about all possibilities not being explored and other alternatives not being explored in the situation they're in right now? What could they do other than increase the take?
1: Um, their um, primary ability is to allow effectively the resource consent to be suspended so the take can be increased. What they are referring to is in oblique uh, terms, in my uh, view, is that territorial authorities haven't made the hard decisions around priorities and these hard that's decisions... That's historic again. No, some of those are, are in the here and now. They're They're so? They're about cycleways. They're about okay. town halls, etc. Is it time th- to th- actually say are, no but to those it, things?
0: It's still about an upgrade and a renewal that's going to take time. Correct. Okay. Speaking of that, the Minister now getting interested. Um, what's your understanding... Of the request that local government minister Simeon Brown made to the region's councils to provide information that he said two councils failed to provide by deadline, that being Wellington City and Hutt City, Upper Hutt, beg your pardon.
1: Mm. Um, Look, I don't know uh, what the... Were you
0: involved at all in the
1: process? We're involved in the process and we provided that information to uh, Wellington Water... Uh, to uh, Campbell Barry, who then provided the letter to the Minister. Right. So
0: you received the information from Porirua in Hutt City? Uh,
1: We have seen it, Uh, yes, correct. But Campbell Barry received that information. He compiled that in a response to the Minister, and at the time he compiled that response, there were two bits of of correspondence apparently missing. Right, which which
0: now is apparently a matter of confusion we'll yes. try and talk that through with the mayor later pays not to be confused with central <laughs> government ministers don't you think i think so okay next question what was the information that was requested
1: well it's a it's a uh, there are now a series of requests from tamata arawai and uh, they relate to tamata arawai really trying to understand if they use their powers what are the implications for it and do they have justification for the, using them
0: the minister's request to have this information by february 1st did it include funding for water infrastructure and asset management stretching back 10 years information about depreciation funding requests from wellington water and documentation showing the council's were planning to support the water committee's recommendation for water metering was that what
1: was asked so th- those uh, qu- those questions were asked um, they have less some of them have less relevance to the regional council but they all have direct relevance to the territorial authorities, to the four city councils.
0: What's your position then on water meters? Why are they now the go-to rather than that $300 million going into upgrades. There's so, a lot of suspicion around that. So there are three,
1: th- there are three things uh, in the mix here in terms of the longer-term uh, fix. Uh, one is uh, fixing uh, the leaks, and I think we're, all five organisations are committed uh, to that job. Uh, the second is um, having a, a water metering system in at a residential and commercial level. And third is the investment in water storage, which is the role that the Regional Council. Uh, takes. What's and, the use of water metering in this picture? So the the in the medium to long uh, term, the use of uh, water metering is to get people to better value uh, the is water. It, and, or is it to charge um, and get a revenue stream? No, I think it would provide a different basis for uh, charging, but it's not a route. It's never been a route, certainly from the regional council perspective, uh, to uh, privatisation or to be pernicious uh, to users.
0: My point earlier was they can't even keep up with, honestly, there was one running back years I was reading about. So so what's the point in having more information about stuff you're not fixing?
1: Well, these are things that we're not necessarily saying need to happen today in tandem. The leaks are the first priority, uh, but within the next three, four, five years, uh, we need to be bearing down on, Uh, the issue of water metering, and quite frankly, that is um, something that actually should be lifted up to a national level. It's not something that we can afford to fight on community by community. Are you,
0: budget-wise, across the council, still in the position that if central government does not provide a sufficient funded alternative to three waters, you're not going to be able to afford this stuff?
1: Correct. That is the position. And any
0: clarity from central government on... Where to from here?
1: Oh, look, they're in the same position that the last administration uh, was in, a big, gnarly uh, uh, problem. They are um, setting out on a journey to turn off uh, Three Waters. The question is how much of that regime uh, abs- absolutely needs to be saved by this administration and put in place.
0: I thank you also for your time. Darren Ponta is the chair of Greater Wellington Regional Council.